Welcome to Baseball Biz. I'm Mark Harbage, your host, and with me is none other than that great Rays Up fan. fan. And with me is none other than that great Rays Up fan, Mr. Brandon Noe. How you doing today, Brandon? I'm doing really good, Mark. How about you? I am doing fan-freaking-tastic, brother. And I got to tell you, better than most days, It's you know, this is a special bonus edition we're putting together for Rays Up because we couldn't wait for the regular edition. There is just too much going on, and we finalized a series with the Yankees at Yankee Stadium, and boo-hoo-hoo, you poor Yankee fans. This, by the way, you don't have to listen to this unless you're a Rays fan. Yeah, it's always great to hear the Yankee fans sad. You see it on Twitter. They they want Boone fire. They want everybody gone. I mean, I know we're. I thought we were overreacting to a sweep in April, but they want the whole team blown up in April just because they started off slow. It was ugly. And you know, the, the sad thing was this series started and both the Rays and the Yankees were, were you know, they were limping along. I mean, they had lost a couple games just before we came into Yankee Stadium. We had lost two of four with the Rangers. Neither one of these teams are looking good. Starting to wonder if anything's going to happen. And man, oh man, Yankee Stadium, that, that was, some fans weren't too happy on that stadium. I mean, there was a, a couple of crazy things that happened during the series. One of them, they had fans throwing baseballs out onto the field. Yeah, I, I want to know where they got all those baseballs from. If they just left them there from batting practice, or that was probably what it was. But I, I can only wonder. I mean, the whole idea of it was just was crazy. I did see back in 2015 that Yankee fans, uh, see, an, an opposing team had hit a home run, and it was back around where Brett Gartner was. Brett. You know, it was way above and beyond anything he was going to be able to catch over the wall. So he walks back to his position, and a fan, as sometimes fans do, take the home, takes the home run ball and throws it back to the, onto the field in disgust. But they hits Brett Gardner, bam, right in the back of his neck. And that was just ugly. It, you see him, he just kind of gets stunned for a second, kind of leans over a bit. And Brett Gardner being Brett Gardner, though, he just stands right up like the Gollum and rock man that he is, and, you know, partic- continues on with the game. Yeah, that fan must have a heck of an arm, but their aim might suck. Or it could be really good if they meant to hit them. <laughs> ooh, ooh. Well, uh, enough about the fans, because let's talk about the celebration. Skyrockets should be going off at this point. You know, we had the, uh, here in Tampa... We had the fun in the sun with the Blue Angels going overhead, and I took that as part of a celebration of how the team was doing during the series. Oh, man, I forgot the Blue Angels were in town. I saw them on their Instagram that they were at Sun and Fun. They're, they're always cool to see. Oh, yeah. But looking at, you know, these last three games, I'm always excited about going to play Yankees, and certainly in Yankee Stadium, because you know, any, any home team should have the advantage. And they just have been having a very tough year. I mean, the first game, what was it? We see what was the score on that one, Brandon? Eight to two. Eight to two. I mean, that just has to hurt, brother. Uh, I'm looking there, you know. I mean, they had Nick Nelson pitching in that first inning. He just was suffering. He had two hits and two earned runs against him, two walks. He did manage two strikeouts, but... It was a lot of pitching before he got to those strikeouts, you know. And and following him, you had King for about three innings, and he gave up a couple of hits, uh, a couple. Uh, oh, and then at the end, 
Lucas Leakey or Leakey, whatever. Lewis Lucas, <laughs> you know, he pitched four innings and he had five hits, two earned runs, and three strikeouts. So that had to be hurting them. And in that first game, also, you know, with the Rays looking at, uh, <laughs> you know, that Austin Meadows had three walks in that game. That was just, you know, kind of crazy. Yeah, everybody on the Rays got on base or at least got a hit, except for Meadows, but he had three walks. So. He more than made up for that. And how about Waka? Went six innings, didn't give up a run. Oh, man. I mean, and nine strikeouts. Kicking it. Absolutely kicking it. You know, we got these guys in. I know they're pros and they're seasoned, but they're new to being out there with the Rays, so I'm still scratching my head and wondering. So he was just killer. Then what, Richards comes in behind him, and for two innings gets three strikeouts, gets a couple of hits and runs against him. But, you know, uh, Waka was just knocking it. There was not many walks on uh, Waka here, too. That's more than you want, but hey, that was, that was a great game. I, I just absolutely loved it. This whole series, they really, really impressed me because everything that I was concerned about, for the most part, except for runners in scoring position, they proved me wrong. They were hitting good. Their pitching was really good. Their fielding was awesome. And the only thing is running and scoring position. Like in the first game, even though they scored eight runs, they were three for 15 overall. Now, that could be improved, but hey, they scored eight runs. Yeah. Maybe, maybe steps. You know, everybody got their Papa John's pizza markup. I mean, I should got their break. I forget <laughs> what the deal is, but they got that. And then uh, game two, I was excited because I want to see Glass now again. And quite honestly, the first game I thought with Walk, I said, I don't know how we'll do, but he certainly, he, he just really went above and beyond at least what my expectations were. The team did as well with those eight runs. So that was huge. So the second game, we're looking at the Rays win again with a 6-3 to three against the Yankees. And Glasnow's out there, man. Glasnow's out there for five innings. He did get two hits on him and one earned run, four walks, but he was suffering out there. Oh, by the way, seven strikeouts and 105 pitches. They made him pitch a lot. The Yankees did for five innings. But, man, he achieved so much. And then he, I, I'm sitting there watching the game live, and I'm seeing him his face is contorted. His hand, he's pulling his, his glove hand out, and he is just in pain. I, I, I was really concerned. I didn't know what the heck happened with him. I didn't know either. I was afraid of that because, you know, he's been our best pitcher, been our best player by far, maybe outside of Wendell, but he's really key to this team's success, and they really couldn't afford to have him go down for an extended period of time, but... I don't know what it was. It could have just been like a Charlie horse or something because those hurt. You saw the hydration uh, going on, the exercise. Willie was bringing out water and Gatorade you know, to him, and I, I don't know how quick hydration works, but Tyler was able to continue on. That was great. Yeah, he, he toughed it out, and even though he didn't, he didn't really look great, especially the first two innings. He threw like 50 pitches total. He settled down, and he was able to get through five, which is honestly what we're used to having pitchers do with the Rays over the past few years, but he's able to get through five and relatively cleanly and the bullpen did their job and helped clean it up. I mean, quite honestly, I thought that cash would pull him, you know, I'm to get him up to 105 pitches was phenomenal. I know what was a couple of years back. I think he, he threw 112 in one game, but that was an extraordinary circumstance. Yeah, and I mean it's early. You don't really want to risk anything. That was that's what I was thinking. I was like, you know what? Maybe they're just gonna pull him, be safe. But maybe he was fine, and 
you just needed a minute and a, and a drink of water. And I th- didn't he end up striking out the next guy, or did he just get him out? I believe he struck him out. I mean, he, like I said, he had a total of seven strikeouts for seven innings. So it was a good showing. Then your boy Jeffrey Springs pops up. He's in there for the next, uh, what, minute, uh, inning and a third. And he did allow a hit and a run, but he also, in that 1.1 innings, had, had two strikeouts. And we'll talk about more of him in a moment on game three. But then Colin McHugh, oh, he was suffering. I mean, in a tenth, I mean, a third of an inning. He had two hits against him, a run against him, but he got one strikeout. Uh, let's see, following him was Ryan Thompson. And, of course, after that, Diego Castillo. And we'll talk a little bit about Diego in Game 3 as well. Okay, before, before we leave Game 2, there's somebody else we need to talk about. Another newcomer to the Rays, but who's been establishing himself quite well. And that's Mr. Francisco Mejia. Yeah, and... It took us this long to get to him because we've been so focused on the pitching. But looking at the guys that had two RBIs, three of them did. Margot and Wendell, we kind of expect them to contribute. But Mejia, the way he's contributed early this year, he's hitting three thirty-three. Had two RBIs on Saturday. It was two for four. He's really impressed me. And he was one of those guys I was worried about because we got him in the trade with Snell, what he was going to do. And so far, he's having a pretty good impact. Eric Neander, we salute you again. You know, really, really, really miss Mr. Snell and Morton, but uh, Francisco here, he's he's earning his keep, man, and then some. And and these new pitchers we have too is you know seeing some good things coming. Anything else on game two? No, I I think we got it all covered for game two now. All right, I'm, I'm glad you. <laughs> yeah, Mejia, I I'm so excited about him too. These new players, you know, it's, like I said, you come in there. At least I do with some hesitation, saying. What are they really going to be able to do? And game three, one of my greatest concerns was a guy we actually brought in in 2020, and that was Mr. Yoshi Susugo. Yeah, we're, we're going to talk about the whole game, but I, I know that we've all been kind of concerned about that. And t- a couple of things I want to mention at the beginning of, with game three of Yoshi was one, before he even had anything hit, he had took Garrett Cole to an eight count on pitches. And I said, yes, yes, because we need to wear Cole's arm out in game three. So we're looking at game three, and we've got Mr. Cole we're going to be facing. And we started with Andrew Kittredge. We'll talk about him in a minute. But what, what are some of the big picture things you saw in game three, Brandon? Well, it was a game where it was a team win. The offense did enough. To win the game, they scored the four runs, and the pitching did their part in holding the Yankees' offense to only two runs. And they did this all again, going up against Garrett Cole, one of the best pitchers in baseball. And like you were saying a minute ago, Yoshi came through, and he ended up knocking Cole out after making him pitch eight pitches, at least. And even though he went one for four, he did have the game-winning RBI. And hopefully that's something that'll give him a confidence boost, and it'll get him going, because... Even though the Rays have done good the past few games, they they could still use all the help they could get. Absolutely. And I, we look at certain players, and you see them sometimes struggle or go through difficult points. And with Yoshi, Cash was trying to do a few different things. You know, I mean, he's the DH, but he was also, at one point, putting him at the very beginning of the lineup. And there was some question as to whether Yoshi felt comfortable about that or not. And then... He has certainly made himself seen and heard in Game 3 in the series. 
Yeah, and I'll, I'll admit, I was one of those people that was critical of having him in the leadoff spot. I, I think I covered it on the show either last week or a couple weeks ago. I was critical of it, and you know, maybe putting him at the bottom of the lineup, that does help him a bit more. You know, less pressure. You don't have to worry as much being the first hitter up at the plate. So maybe that helps give him a breath of fresh air, and it can help him out in the long run, if he's still around then. <laughs> Well, you know, you you look at at who we had up there, and here the big performance were. We're leading now with Yandy Diaz as the you know leadoff man, and and Yandy has done a great deal as far as you know on base percentages overall. And in that game, he had one hit, one walk, and one RBI. So look at this now. He had three at bats, and twice he got on base, once with a hit and once with a walk. Yandi has been one of those players who has just shined and shined and shined some more, and he certainly did during this series. The, the thing I liked about Game 3, like I said earlier, is that it was a team game, and the big-name guys, they didn't have a very good day. Meadows, he was 0 for 4, Margot 0 for 3, Lau 0 for 4, Rosso 0 for 4. Wendell, he was the biggest guy that stepped up. He went 2 for 3 with a homer and an RBI, so it was good to see him step up with Zanino and Kiermaier, they were getting on base. Yandi, he was getting on base. So it was sort of like an ugly win, but you need to learn how to win ugly because that's how you win in the playoffs. Exactly. It's not always pretty. You know, it isn't. You're right. And it, uh, to see Joey Wendell, he has just shined so well through this. I mean, like you're saying, what, three at-bats, two runs, two hits, <laughs> you know, one RBI. Come on, this guy is He's amazing. So yeah, he's I've always liked Joey. Go ahead. I'm sorry. He's hitting 340 right now. Jeez, and crackers. If we... <laughs> Pardon me. Yeah, that 340 is just freaking amazing. And it was good to see Kiermaier back in there. You know, he'd been out for a little bit on injury. So he was out there and did pretty dang all good. So I was glad to see him in place. Yeah, it's good to see him come back. And hopefully he can come back to form, you know, robbing guys in the outfield and hopefully getting on base and maybe stealing some bases as well. And the way this game began, <laughs> it, I, I don't know that you'd call him a starter, but Andrew K- Kittredge is who <laughs> is who Cash put up there to face off with Mr. Garrett Coe in the first inning. Actually, the first, almost the first two innings. He did, uh, let's see, one, one point, no, excuse me, he did one and two-thirds innings, Andrew Kittredge did. So he allowed one hit, uh, one earned run, but he also did three strikeouts in that short period of time. Yeah, and he only threw 21 pitches, and 15 of those were strikes. So he, he really didn't waste any time up there. Do you think they gave Ryan Yarbrough an advantage by having Kittredge up there first? That's what it, it would look like because he found his greatest success a couple of years ago when he had, what, like 15 or 20 wins because he was the second guy going after the opener. And maybe that's just where he feels more comfortable. Yes, a guy come in like Kittredge, maybe pitch an inning, two at the most. And then you have Yarbo go f- like four or five innings, taking up the bulk. And because he didn't really look that comfortable as a starter, especially up in Boston and in his last start, he didn't look, he didn't look good at all. So maybe this is where he feels the most comfortable. Well, he did. I mean, he performed well. When you think, again, both him and Kittredge 
And we'll talk about the other pitchers in a moment who had to go up against Cole. Did a fantastic job. But I got to tell you, Brandon, it was that fifth inning, and it's the bottom of the fifth. And my teeth are clenched and chattering because, wow. <laughs> oh, my gosh. For the second time, the catchers for the Yankees was allowed to walk to base. And then Mr. Yarbrough has LeMayhew up. And I thought, oh, no, 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 no. You know, this is going to change everything. LeMayhew will hit a, a home run or something and get all the – or he'll definitely get in his catcher and get an RBI. Uh, no, but he does take first base. He does get to first. And then – and then the judge approaches the plate. Wow. Okay. <laughs> and here, here we are. We got two strikes, two men on base, and Aaron Judge – at bat. You know, you see Yarbrough, he throws a changeup and Judge missed it. Judge laid off of another one that was way off the side. And then he throws another, Yarbrough throws another pitch, you know, also out a little bit for a changeup. And Judge goes for it and bam, that fifth inning is done. I think, oh my gosh, thank goodness, because that could have been a big game changer. Yeah, it really easily could have. Because, you know, Judge, he can do anything in that little sandbox. It's either he's going to hit a bomb and it goes like 500 feet, or it's going to be one of those that like sneaks over into the first row that would have been an out at any other stadium. But thankfully, Yarbo came through, got the strikeout, got him out of the inning, and it was able to help him get the win. Yeah, and then Diego came in for one and a third innings, you know, and brought him in a little early because I always say, well, you'll bring Diego in the ninth. But then, uh, you know, he did pretty good. 1.1, yeah, one and a third innings, and he's got two strikeouts. But then in the ninth, I thought, well, maybe they'll they'll keep Diego in there. You know, they brought Diego in after Yarbrough just as the heavy hitters are coming up because we talked about him striking out Judge and then, you know, Diego coming in a little later. But anyway, but then your guy, Mr. Springs, pops up, uncoils in for the final inning. Tell me a little bit more about Mr. Springs. Yeah, he came in. He worked the ninth in, which was surprising. I expected Diego to work the ninth like he usually does, but they brought him in, and I believe it was the seventh. And so Springs came in. He worked the whole ninth himself, got a strikeout, and he got the save. So he's been a really big pickup because I remember when we first saw him on the roster, we were like, who's Jeffrey Springs? And he's honestly probably been our best reliever outside of Diego. He has been absolutely stunning. So I'm, I'll say this: Cash has a good uh, bullpen. Period. You know, and we were so concerned with Nick Anderson out. You know how things were going to go, and I will look forward and welcome the, when he comes back. But I am really, really impressed with how well everything has been at this point with some of the folks. You know, just like Mr. Springer, and also. You know, I was, I was hoping Springs, thing, like Mr. Springs, <laughs> Springs, Springs, Springer. Yeah, with Mr. Springs. I'm looking at some of the numbers here for the Rays and the Yankees. I know they've won five of the last six games. And during that period of time, the Rays scored 36 runs. The Yankees had 20. The Rays batting average was 251. The uh, Yankees was 168. Rays hit nine home runs, and the Yankees hit six. 
our starting ERA was a two two thirty five, and the Yankees six point nine three. Ouch! I mean, I love it. I love it because you got the small team with the small budget. They have to do it based on just scouting and hopefully hoping that you find players that nobody or everybody else overlooks, and that's what they they've done for years. And this little team is making everybody on national TV debating, oh, what's wrong with the Yankees? And their fans are booing, throwing things on the field, wanting people fired, these guys traded. It's crazy, even though it's only April, but I guess that's what happens when you're the Yankees and you have expectations every year. You know, we're we're just barely into it. We're 16 games in. We're talking about one-tenth of the entire season. But looking at the ALE standings this morning, win-loss records, Who's standing there at the top? Red Sox, which surprises me to some degree. Ten wins, six losses. We just now got back to 500, and we're at 8-8. Eight and eight. The Blue Jays, 7-9. and nine, Orioles, 7-9. and nine, And the Yankees, 5-10. and ten. Wow. Yeah, and even though we are having fun with this, you know, everybody, you know, have some fun with it, but, you know, stay calm. Even if you're a Yankee fan still listening to this show, Stay calm. It's early. It's it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. If if this were last year, I, w- I would definitely be panicking. I think you guys would have the right idea. But it's more of a normal year this year. You have the 162 games. So just stay calm. If it's happening around Memorial Day, then you can start to worry a little bit more. But it's it's only the middle of April. I've always been seeing the Yankees as a rival. And I don't have a disgust for them. There are certain players who hit-by-pitch problem when, you know, we talked about Aroldis Chapman. You know, they're, they're suffering, dude. I mean, as a team, the last 10, what, they, they've only won two of their last 10 games, Brandon. But like you said, the, the season's early, so take heart. Put hope in your heart. <laughs> if you're a Yankee fan, things can change. And and I realize that, too, as I'm beating our chest here and only being at 500 and, and beating the Yankees. <laughs> Little victories. Yeah, you know, us winning five of the last uh, six, eh. Things can change. But for this moment, we're going to celebrate this win in the series against the Yankees. And it's been a fantastic raise-up weekend. Brandon, what are you looking forward to for the future here, man? Anything else? Man, we got a good series. We get to see the Royals for the first time in like two years. And you know we're pumping up the Rays. Now watch them lose the series or get swept by the Royals. That wouldn't shock me the way this year has gone for everybody, but... <laughs> Hey, we get to see some teams that we haven't seen play in a, in a few years, so that'll be nice to see. I'm looking forward to it, brother. I want to say thank you for all our audience once again in joining us in this bonus Raise Up edition, and look forward to talking with you all again real soon. You've been listening to Baseball Biz. As always, you can find us on your favorite podcast directory, including Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google.podcast, iHeartRadio, and more. Thanks again. And remember, you can also check us out on Twitter at TheBaseballBiz. Take care and have a great week. Special thanks to XTakeRUX for the music rocking forward.